the optimal life. Dave and Marla Thomas, live from a hotel room somewhere in this country. How are you? <laughs> We're fine. Thank you. How about you, Nate? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Awesome. So I'm looking at your guys' bio, and what really jumps out right off the rip is you've you've got two children. I think they're grown children at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you talk about having to manage seven diagnosed mental illnesses amongst the family correct what were, what were those mental what are those seven mental illnesses and then i want to find out how you really came to to figure out that's exactly what they really were hmm. want to start well i'll start off by saying this um <clears throat> throughout the years uh the seven diagnosis i i assume this is what marla was referring to uh because that was her statement uh, the diagnosis change uh, because certain uh, severe mental illnesses they don't like to diagnose children with. So the child the child will start off with one diagnosis, and that doesn't really uh, line up with what you're seeing in daily life, and it doesn't fix the issue. Then the diagnoses progress, and so that's where each one of our children has had multiple diagnoses before they settled into as they became adults and were still having issues uh, with what the final diagnosis would be, with what I would say the working diagnosis uh, that we're dealing with up to now. Um, And I'll go back and I'll name the diagnoses in just a second. I'll let Marla do that. But at the same time, uh, one of the things uh, that we've learned to do is actually the diagnosis is really just a a medical guideline for treatment. And what we have worked and strived hard to do, and and it's not easy to maintain, is a perspective of the diagnosis isn't the individual. So the diagnosis is how the doc what the doctor uses to make sure that you know your therapy is on the right track. As I as I would call that handlebars on a bike. Yeah. Mm. You can't really ride it, you can't direct a bike to go anywhere if you don't have the handlebar on it. And the handlebar for us is the diagnosis. And so to, to piggyback on what Dave was saying, um, absolutely that, that, that as the kids grew, that their behaviors brought us to a point where we were constantly seeking answers to be able to help our children. So between the two, um, bipolar one, schizoaffective disorder, borderline personality disorder. Started off with ADHD and, yeah, when, they were, when my son was young. ADHD, anxiety, and depression. Um, and so this, and, and all of these, and, you know, these are those that we've been, that have been actually formally diagnosed at various times through a doctor. Right. Uh, and then finally we got to, uh, with our son schizoaffective disorder. Uh, and the reason why that was a little difficult to diagnose is because one doctor might say it's bipolar. One doctor would say it's schizophrenia. And what schizoaffective is, is basically the schizophrenia family uh, type issues that the person might be dealing with, as well as bipolar. Mm. So that's kind of where where our son is. And, and the last diagnosis that we were uh, in touch with our daughter, our oldest daughter, was borderline personality disorder. So it sounds like those are all mostly part of those cluster B. They call those the cluster B family yeah. of, of disorders, borderline personality, uh, narcissism bipolar, histrionic. I don't know if some of that, you've heard some of that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course. Manic, of course. manic, schizophrenia, like, you, you know, these types of things, depression. Um, 
so that that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. So going back to when you guys started, what, what were some of the things that you're noticing from your children? What are the things that they're doing at what age to make you guys start saying, this doesn't feel right? Something feels off. What was well, that's interesting because, you know, because Dave, the nature of Dave's business, which is just a quick reminder as a member of Take Six, um, which is a renowned acapella gospel or a contemporary Christian jazz vocal group, um, his career was huge, meaning he traveled a lot. So I remember we both remember pivotal moments for me as a mother. The first time I took note of a difference that I would I was nothing about mental health, just a behavioral aha with my oldest daughter was 11 months old 11 months um, wow yeah and she she was just she was she was it was now i realize it was it was almost an inability to connect um but we she was being babysat by his mom when i went on a weekend road trip and when we came back she was consciously ignoring us and i and we i, I said i'm behind her shoulder hey big girl and she's she was sitting on the ground when we walked in and we first addressed, my mom answered the door. We addressed her, hugged and kissed her. Then we went immediately to see our daughter who was like, okay, hey, like Marla said, hey, big girl. And she was sitting on the ground and literally just turned, turned her back to us. And it, literally and just I, spun around. I looked at David and I said, is she, is she ignoring us? Yeah. Is that even possible? A, a child is so identified with a parent. Right. That you're there everything. And we're a very intact and and you know connected family. So we're I'm like, and then the next big time, Nate, to be honest, that would really just like blew my mind. She was four and she was in preschool and she would come home and cry and complain that everyone was picking on her. And 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 she was very verbose and this they're saying this and this is happening. And of course I'm angry. I'm like, what who what the I'm going up to the school. So I went right. up to the preschool and I said, listen, I'm not having this. My daughter's coming home She at night. She's crying every day. She's saying they're calling her ugly. All these things. And, oh, yeah. I was fit to be tied. And, I was about to. And, I, I told Marla, if you don't go up there, when I get up there, I'm straight cussing the teacher out. And so the lady said, hmm, you know what, Mrs. Thomas? Do me a favor. Here are open play times. Stop by anytime. Don't tell us you're coming. Just come in. Come when you want. Drop in. And just I want you to observe, Monice, through this mirror. That was one way. And I couldn't believe it. Everything that she said was being done to her, she was doing to the other children. Mm. They were terrified. So I was like, wow. So projection, which, of course, even then she's four. I don't realize that this is going to be a, a, a continued future problem that's going to continue to escalate and blossom. So these are just some of the things. And so when I put it in simple terms for, for families and parents to know. Mm -hmm. um there are some some trigger things uh connection um i call some things you know love bombing the extremes there there's no these are the i found that these are children for one way or another in their behavior that don't really have the same normal balance that you would find of course we all have the same emotions you're going to be sad you're going to be happy but the extremes um in their behavior are 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 able to be noted by, That's amazing that you're able to see that at such a young age. Well, I I'll put it to you like this. If I can just put a pin in that, uh, Nate, yeah. not to cut you off. We didn't see it at those times. We didn't. What we saw, we didn't connect to the diagnosis. and or You the guys condition. didn't see so, it, but it was happening at that young age. Yes. Exactly. So now we go back and we can recharacterize all of these things that we've seen and observed. 
in the way that we are, because, you know, the sensitivity and the feeling of abandonment is part of a borderline uh, 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 personality, personality disorder. Then with our son, you know, he would just say little things every now and then that would just literally not bizarre. make sense. And we would say, I mean, huh. before we get to your son real quick, because I want to stay okay. on the borderline if you guys don't mind. Okay. What are, what are some of the things? Talk about some of the char- characteristics and traits that you may be seeing from your child that is experiencing this personality disorder. We know the hypersensitivity you mentioned, Marla. Uh, you know, blaming others for being wrong when you're the one that's causing wrongdoing. What are some of the things that parents can keep an eye out for? I I also I also uh, in addition to what you were saying. Um, the inability to regulate emotion. The, the, it's it's zero to 100. Hypersensitivity. And, yeah, but in-, in That a, is part of the hypersensitivity. Over something, and, and here's one of the things that I know, you know, kids are kids and they haven't learned a lot of how to control emotion, but it usually is centered around something that causes you to go, really? Like, you know, you can't, you don't minimize that. But for example, you know, it, it, you you took a French fry. And the next thing you know, they're ready to tear up the room and fight. And, you know, or I remember with our daughter, he, we went there over counting change. She was irate, like just zero to 1,000 because Dave was trying to get her to, he was teaching her something. I, I was that teaching she, her to count change and she didn't want to give up her $10 bill because she owed me three and I was going to give her seven. She she couldn't understand the counting of the change simply because she didn't want to get rid of her ten dollar bill. But I will, I will say what you're what you're queuing in on is that hypersensitivity leads to other uh, characteristics such as um, always feeling abandoned, always feeling like whatever is happening is an external thing happening to them, and with an added purpose and motivation, bless you, uh, uh, of to hurt them. The whole world is out to get them. And a lot of times there's also uh, 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 one uh, another characteristic that says that the world is out to get them because they have no value, mm. because they don't value themselves. Because Is it hard to them. reason with them? Is it hard it to... It is really hard to reason with them because it is irrational. And I mean, that's really the basis of pretty much all mental illness when it comes down to a pathology that interferes with your daily living. And we didn't get better at that, to be honest. Um, even with the intensive therapy until we went to NAMI family to family and understood the language. You know, in other words, one of the things I'm always willing to say is that I am really sorry, seriously, genuinely sorry that you feel that way. It doesn't mean that I'm going to own the accusation that you're placing on me, but it is sad to see that this, I I get that you really feel like, like this is your reality. Right. However true or untrue it is. And, And I struggle with it more than Dave, because, you know, my personality, you know, is very passionate well, and whatever. I, I was raised in that type of environment as my dad was a psych, a psychologist himself. So I was well, what I find, therapized my whole life. What I find absolutely fascinating is it's, I don't know you guys, obviously, but what it sounds like is that this is not like she was growing up in an environment where this kind of behavior was taking place between their parents. The parents exactly. very even keeled, you know, you guys are loving environment going about your business. Dave's got the, the acapella career going. I would love to hear you sing, but we don't want to embarrass Marla right now. But, uh, but you got all these things going on, Marla. I know real estate and, and these things. So they weren't picking up. She, this is something that, that was nature. 
over nurture. This is something that's they're born with potentially, huh? And, Absolutely. And Nate, I, that I want to speak to specifically. That is my being outspoken. That is what I am speaking to. I am now talking to the outlier family. I'm talking to the family because it doesn't mean that traumas don't exist. But now I realize that it is possible with these with these mental health affected issues that you're that one traumatizes themselves by the way that they're managing. And there is a such thing now I understand as self trauma, because if you believe it, whether it has a factual link or not, and you are convinced of that, then you are you are behaving in that way. You are the victim when you haven't mm. been victimized outside of your own mind that you can't trust that is teaching you this story that it doesn't even exist. And that is the frustrating part to talk to the delusion that cannot hear you or connect with you. And as a parent, I will say this, once we understood the severity of our children's mental health issues and the love that we have, and we are, when I say connected, I, I lived honestly and sacrificed most to get my children to an age of adult so I could enjoy their company. I love my kids. The first people that I want to take on a vacation and hang out with are my own children. I, I really just love my kids. And so when you get to that point, I told somebody, imagine what it feels like to want to go back. I can't give up on finding that child, that person I connected with that is totally different now. I'm not going to make myself cry, but you you feel like you it's endless for me. Like I, there's got to be some way I can get in there. So recently having to cut loose completely and just understand at 35, 33, and it's, this is what's even more interesting, and God would make our story, our, we have a 29-year-old who's completely unaffected. Mm. Same parents, we've been married 35 years, we've raised the family the same way. We have one that is that 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 would look like what you would think a child parented by Marla and Dave would behave in this manner. We don't care what you do for a living, but the who. And then you have the other two that were equally raised that are so affected that it's extreme, same family. Same circumstance, same love, same connection, same sacrifice. That's what it is. You and hit, so you, you said it so perfectly, Marla. I'm sorry to uh, cut no, you it's off. That's fine. You said it so perfectly. You said you're trying to negotiate or 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 reason with the delusion. That's that's the that's the problem. That's the big thing. Because what is reasonable, what makes sense, what is mostly factual, probably in many instances the delusion sees it in such a different twisted way. So you're the, almost talking to a wall. The hard thing about that, Nate, is the delusion sees it differently, but it's equally as real to them. And so you have to learn how to validate what they're saying without accepting what they're saying. It's, it's a strange tightrope that you have to walk. And, um, you know, as you were asking us to sort of uh, talk about our story as it relates and, and it can help other families out there. The thing that I would always advocate for is I think we should start our children in some type of therapy just as a habit, whether they're affected or not, uh, because we can all use help sometimes going through difficult times. We just came through a pandemic. Uh, many people who consider themselves unaffected from a mental health issue uh, probably needed therapy just to make sure that they could actually deal with the Balance. situation that happened to the entire world that we have never seen before, at least in our generation. So um, so if you start 
your kids on a on a regimen of you take them to the doctor, whether they're sick or not, just to be checked, checked on and, and checkup visits. The same thing with mental health. It would be normalized to the extent of if you need help, this is what you do. If you break your arm, you don't say uh, stay at home and say, you know what? My kid's arm is normal. He just likes to hold it, you know, bent at a 90 degree angle. <laughs> you know, we don't need to go to the doctor. You, right. you take your kid to the doctor and you get the arm reset and you keep going. Same I thing think that makes a lot of sense. That makes a, a ton of sense. I'm curious because one of the things that, uh, again, part of these illnesses, um, you comes what comes with it too is the gaslighting. We all know the term gaslighting, right? And it's it's twisting the issue. It's making the other person feel like maybe they're doing something wrong. Mom and dad, you know, you're not seeing it. you, and then all of a sudden it starts throwing you off balance a little bit. So was the gaslighting piece started at that young age of four, Marla, or did that not develop until a little bit later? Um, it it came to me. I would say probably um, absolutely yes. Yeah, be <laughs> flat out. And the reason why I, I just jumped out there and said yes, and I'll let Marla finish uh, uh, enlightening and shedding more light on the situation. But um, the reason why the gaslighting is real and gaslighting, I would say, is like the term uh, of, of the. the day. It was the year. It was the word of twenty twenty two. That was the year. Of, uh, the word of the year last year, I believe. Right. Exactly. And mental health du jour. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, is because to them it's absolutely true. That's why they can be so convincing because of the way that they see things differently from those of us in what we call the consensus norm uh, spectrum. Uh, for them, it's absolutely true. So it's easy to be convincing, and so that's why you. You can look in their eyes and you can tell when someone's not telling the truth. You see that someone's telling the truth, but you're also saying this can't be true. Wow. That has to be terribly frustrating as a parent. You have no well, idea. Well, I mean, I'm going to say this. <laughs> which is, it's interesting that we're having this discussion because we just had a little brief snippet of it this morning. Um, and I said, you know, it's even worse for it's harder for me because I am there. I am the target. Marla, not him. He's the he's the darling. I'm the target, but I'm I've been the one that's been there every day. And so the, even punishments or whatever's happening in 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 real world time, my role in the family was you. I already understand your career. Your career takes you away 372 days out of 365, <laughs> and so I got this. And so the 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 focus, so the anger, also comes my way. And so it's harder sure. for me because. We haven't loved differently, but we've loved in the roles that we needed to love. But they, this is the thing that they see. And I was telling Dave, you know, it's very hard for me to manage the fact that when they think that they think it's an easier way back because they go to dad and, you know, want to just act like all the, you know, atrocious things that you've said and done don't exist. And that's not true. Mom's the bad guy. Mom's the scapegoat. And that's the role that you've taken up whoever whoever's the one that has to deal with the conflict so of course you know when your kids are growing up you know they do something that they shouldn't have done that you have to deal with that they have to be put on punishment so they view that putting on punishment not as a result of my misbehaving it's a result of how you feel about me and that 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 sort of uh, uh editor editorialized perspective just plays throughout their mind at all times mm, that's wild so let's stick on your daughter you're talking about monice so as she's going growing up are there things that you guys are doing once you start figuring out hey we, we have a, an issue on our hands are there ways that you can 
help your child at all to mitigate some of the. We've we've, we've done everything possible. Um, we started therapy when she was in elementary school, but yeah. I will say this: we didn't get to the to the understood and agreed diagnosis clinically until she was twenty one. And I, I actually, the behavior was so abhorrent when she was uh, a young adult or young, a teen, meaning 18, 19 and 19 years old, typical crazy rebellion. I put Moniece out. Mm -hmm. I did that. Look, you know, you can't stay in here and rage out and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of reasons why that, that made sense. Looking back, I will say this, had I known what, what that because she was uh, suffering with borderline personality disorder and undiagnosed. And to be honest, she does, this is, she's the one child who doesn't want to her. She, she won't own this diagnosis. Mm. Her, her story is, yeah. yes, her story is that her parents have diagnosed her off a of web MD. Not true, but it doesn't matter. This for her was real. And so looking back, I would say that I probably would have approached it differently knowing that she was a borderline and knowing that, rejection um would would it, you know her her feeling of abandonment is so deep and so real that despite the the fact that i would say she put herself out but for her that abandonment was she was put know, out she was put out in her mind correct, correct. yeah and, and but, well, well that it, and she was put out uh actually so that that's not something that wasn't true but it was due to her behavior and right. once we understood her diagnosis a little bit better she was welcome back home, by the way. Yeah. And we tried our best to deal with it again. Uh, well, yeah, because that gave you a, an added level of empathy that you guys hadn't considered for the first 20 years. Correct. Absolutely. So yeah. Well, I, what I'm and then as she came back, you know, she came back with our with our grandson, who we love dearly. So it, it, things actually became more and more uh, nuanced and dynamic. Yeah. No doubt about it. What I'm curious is, though, Marley, you said you wish you if you had known, maybe some things would have been different. Uh, the approach would have clearly been different, but what, what, anything specific that stands yeah, out? Yeah, well, it would have been, it would have been really, to be honest, I'd have jumped in there before she was 18, meaning right there and understood. And Monice would have had to be admitted into an intensive therapy. Cause one of the things we now know post works is dialectic behavioral therapy, but it's, it's not something that you can do. It has to be on a, on a regular schedule like four, maybe four times a week, because the reality with the borderline is this, and this is something that's huge. It has to be continued because if not, you're going to therapy every time only to deal with their crisis. They live from crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. So mm-hmm. that's why you have to, you have to, you have to change perspective, you have to create, deal with issues. Dialectic behavioral therapy teaches them to take a pause between what they feel. So you have your, your wise mind, your reasoning mind, which is your logic, and you have your emotional mind. A borderline leads their way through life with the emotional mind. The other two, which the wise mind, you know, stores information and gives you a history, and the logical mind, it automatically causes you to think about a certain scenario. We all do that simultaneously. They're led by emotion. So what what that looks like, Nate, is I'm looking at you right now. If I'm her, and I'm I'm looking at you, and you may not be making eye t- eye contact with me, and you know what I'm saying. You know what? The story I make in a minute is this dude. No, Nate doesn't like. Nate, he, yeah, you don't. You, he doesn't even He's like me. You know what? And then I'm going to respond with anger. F you! Mm-hmm. I don't know why I even came on this podcast. Blah blah blah. That's the way that looks. Ooh, well, and I, so I got to tell you, lo- love and hip hop must have loved her. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, that 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 is that's the travesty that, you know, for I we think Moniz, I've always said this, she's super talented in every way. And I just it's unfortunate that she couldn't use that platform even more for her benefit because she was perfect for that. That's why I couldn't do more than one season, because once I understood their their role to manipulate, can't do it. Yeah, I, I was doing a little research on that because I I've heard the show. I never watched it, but I saw some clips. If you go on YouTube and every clip that they have, it's like Monique. Well, with the whole cast fights and this and yelling right. and drama and the whole thing. So she must have she must have fit in perfectly for what they were looking for. Yeah. But then when they're done, they don't they don't you know, they'll drive that. But then nobody actually wants to, you know, take care of, you know, sure. the, the artist. Or that's, the your, that's your problem of- to deal with, Marla. That's that's Correct. for you to deal with. Yeah. Right. It's uh, absolutely fascinating stuff. So so your daughter, one of the things and then I want to get to your son and then talk about what you guys are doing, too, with the, the podcast. But um, your daughter, you said, is not, she's in her what early to mid 30s now. She, she'll be 36 on March 4th. OK, so and she's been diagnosed with this professional diagnosis 15, 20, 16 years ago. Um she won't she won't accept it though you said and that not accepting it would i would imagine makes it that much more difficult to ever get anything changed well she accepts she accepts certain parts of she she'll say you know she talks about having she talks about depression and she talks about anxiety but i think that and let me let me defend her yeah i have to do this it is what the stigma in particular that comes along in the misunderstanding with borderline personality disorder, I am not shocked that certain people who suffer do not just readily say, oh, I have this because it it's misunderstood to the point that it doesn't mean that, you know, she's not a person and she doesn't have all of these other assets. It's just that it's so difficult that people see certain mental illnesses as monster diagnosis well, it's just like the uh as we were saying the the word of the year is gaslighting uh, once certain things in certain perspectives just like when the term woke came along it wasn't a negative thing but depending on who you talk to now it could either be a slur or, or it could be something of, of a positive perspective and so it's the same thing people catch on to certain things and this like we no longer use the word oh that person's just crazy, crazy. right because that's mm-hmm. just what people in on. And so the thing about uh, effective treatment for someone dealing with an issue like this is that the diagnosis doesn't matter. And so, and that is something that is, it's a fine line and a difficult uh, perspective, even for parents to, to accept, because you want to say the behavior is because of this. But in reality, if you want them to feel better, the actual term of the diagnosis doesn't matter as long as they do the things that actually make their make their lives a little bit better. And so um, that's a fine line. And that's really a personal thing between uh, a, a patient and a therapist. Um, and she's got a but, son. You, you guys mentioned she has, you have a grandson. That's her child. Right. Correct? Right. So, does this impact the way she's parenting or do you guys kind of just keep it? Oh, it impacts her whole life. It so does. the answer to that would be yes. <laughs> it's it, it's 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 unfortunately an impact to life. I mean, you can't you can't skip away from that. However, that is why she has a village and and we are all present. And the other issue that I would say is this, you know, 
finding that base of trust, and this is super big for your audience, if you can accept, which, you know, it, we've come along with this, and our son has probably been the biggest benefactor of that with mental illness, is if you can if you can develop a, a bed of trust, then it's easy to, to actually get them to agree to treatment. And so for us, our grandson is the, it, the only innocent person in all of this is yeah. him. He's a, he was a baby and now he's 13 and we, we will forever be a massive part in his life as he, we, we, he's our little, we call him our best friend. It's my bud. That's so amazing. we, you know, that's, that won't change. That's so, you know, it, it gets hard. And, and actually neither will our love for uh, our children who are affected. The issue is that what we've had to learn over the years is that boundaries are the most important aspect to a relationship with someone who is on the spectrum, as we say, from a mental health issue. Um, uh, because it actually trains them how to treat you. And it trains them that it, it separates behavior from love and the way that you feel about them as a person. And so it's almost like with this behavior, the door is closed. This behavior, the door is open. Closed or open, love that we feel for you is still the exact same. And I tell them this, you guys are emotional amphibians. And so you can do both. And I, we love you and we want you over here. But when you go into the water, I don't have gills. I can't breathe out there. So that area, I, I just pray that you're willing to do the things to stay on the land with us because we only have lungs. Mm. The, the, the fish and the bird, right? Yep. You can't coexist. You got to be, got to be on the same, on the same page, at least to some extent. Um, very, very fascinating. I want to briefly touch on your, your, you mentioned your uh, son, schizo effective. I had never even heard of that, but that was when I was doing a little research and you kind of alluded to it already. That's like the kitchen sink. It's mm -hmm. uh, so many different things combined. So was it the similar kind of thing? Young age acting out? No, she's shaking her head. What was it, Marla? Uh, actually, she, Marla's, it, for me, if I go back and I look at things, the entire perspective, certain things were always there. Um, you know, when normal teenage uh, experimental with drugs and alcohol for our son became extreme. Uh, you know, our son was always, if the kids were doing something that, you know, was a daredevil type thing. Our son was always doing it the most extreme. Uh, whatever he did, he did to the extreme. Uh, and so because of that, what we realized, even as he is dealing, in, you know, after his episodic break, you know, when he decides to be healthy, the guy will he has the most discipline from a health perspective as anyone. He doesn't yeah, just drink of the, the, the 96 ounces of water. He drinks three He'll gallons, drink five gallons of water. to his electrolytes are off. He just goes Dave, to the Dave, mat. you mentioned episodic break. What is what is an example? What does something like that look like? So right around, um, I guess he might have been 23. He, he had uh, gotten out successfully, matriculated through rehab, got himself together. Went to college. And, and part of that uh, was, you know, learning how to be only responsible, take full accountability for himself. So he couldn't even accept help for us from us putting him back in school. He got himself back in college. And for the first time in his life, he was making all A's and B's. I mean, he was killing it. Gets through his sophomore year, and next thing you know, he called up and started saying strange things. That the, why did we have everybody in in this this town he was no. living in? Why are the police after me? Why'd you and dad? And I was like, everybody like, like paranoia type stuff. Super, super paranoid. paranoid. To finally, it got to the point where not just everyone at school, 
everyone in the whole town, everyone on TV. And I was like, okay. So Marlon was like, okay. Um, Do you need to need, come home? We need, we need to get, we need to get DJ home and get him to the doctor immediately, which is what we did. And, you know, at that point it was pretty bad because it was a complete break. The Ooh. TV was talking to him. The electrical outlets were, were giving him messages. But we realized this too, that he, we now know because we accepted that he's been hearing voices, but he didn't want to say that because what is a parent going to, that, that's Which the is other, what I mean about the drugs and yeah. alcohol that was trying to mute right. some of those things that he couldn't quite understand. Right. Because he, he would say, he would say, you guys wouldn't understand this. So I'm going to try to hide it because it sounds, it's so crazy. And most do. Right. So now we just say, D, are you, you know, what's, what's going on? You're talking to, we call it the network. We normalized it. Are you talking to the network? What's the network saying? And and we and we, he's he's a, he was a very his core, he's a very very loving. I used to call him my joy boy. Mm. So I miss the that relationship in particular because he and I, that's my that was my little sensei when I you know I'm very athletic. We would play like you know that's the thing for him. So it was it's super hard to get to that point where you're like, you know, you don't even recognize. You know, now I'll say things like, I, you know. D, unfortunately, when he goes in, I can't talk to the disease. I realize that I'm I, I unfortunately, and I'll say it out loud. Like I'm not. Unfortunately, we're done. Mm. I can't speak to the disease. I have to walk away. Why does he come out of it? What are the, what, what what does he do to help come out of medication it? Medication helps, but it, but now is we've gotten to a point now where he's been. You know, that's that's a loaded Nate. That's a loaded. Like in other words, we really can't get. We have insurance, but we can't get the help that we truly need. We know what's needed. He needs to be in an IOP that is a combination of intensive therapy and medication. And it's just unaffordable, period. Not what does IOP stand for? It's inpatient care. It's, inpatient it's, care. Right. Okay. And so the other side of it is, is now that he's an adult, you know, he's been in an IOP. Uh, the issue is he has to choose to stay. Right. No one can make him do anything. And so that... Once that happens, which is why we tell all parents, you know, learn from our mistake, normalize this type of Before approach, 18. both therapeutic talk therapy and uh, medical with their uh, drug therapy as soon as possible, because if it's necessary, it's very difficult to accept once they become an adult. And once they're in a psychosis, forget it. Yeah, it's too late. That has, that has to play its course before they, you can even start talking to them again. Now, how long can that how long could that last? Um, with someone who's bipolar, it could last for a few hours, a few days to maybe six months. Oh, geez. Um, uh, with someone who has borderline personality disorder, that can happen 10 times a day. So, right. um, but the psychosis uh, could be a drawn out period. It sounds like it could be a drawn out period. Yeah. If it's not without medical intervention. Um, the other thing is, I will say uh, briefly is that is the reason why we started our foundation uh, that Marla aptly named Loving Beyond Reason, uh, because it's really focused on parents who have to deal with these types of issues with their adult children. Mm. And that as another layer of difficulty that where the help is so hard to find, uh, even with our foundation, uh, it's very difficult. It has to be a 24 hour uh, seven days a week job, and it really could be life alt not could be it is life altering, right? And pops possibly life saving. It sounds like. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. For so sure. What, you, I didn't see that. Uh, you have a website for that foundation. We do. 
Yes, loveandbeyondreason.org is our website. Loveandbeyondreason.org. I'll make sure that we include that in the show notes. Loveandbeyond. Absolutely. As well as, you know, every Monday we have our show, Mental, Mental Health, Health Mondays. Mondays. It's a podcast that we really just deal with these issues. We have a, a mix of guests. professionals as guests that help us deal with and understand issues. The best thing that we find is as much as we appreciate the professionals coming on and giving us a, their understanding and sharing with us is those that are actually suffering giving us an insight with what it feels like from their perspective. The and ones I'll that are you, actually willing to say, I'm suffering. I, oh, yeah. I know I'm As suffering a matter of fact, oh, yeah. they, mon- this past Monday, we had a young lady, Sarah Myers on, and she has our son's exact, exact diagnosis. diagnosis. And she has, she's, she's able to manage it. And I invited her back to do another show. She's actually a writer for uh, psychiety, psychiety today. Right. Wow. So, and she's going to come back you, on. I, I love what you guys are doing. I will absolutely be checking out that podcast. And you guys clearly have this great rapport about you. Uh, this, how do you guys manage? How did you guys manage the two of you, the romanticism, the love? You guys have gone through a lot over the last 38 some odd years. What's the oh, secret? Yeah, it would have definitely for any, I would say our, our secret sauce is the fact that we were best friends at the core. Uh, our friendship is our secret sauce because if not for that, uh, any one of these issues will destroy a, a relationship. Our real secret sauce is he found a diamond in the rough. He found me in second grade. We were six and eight, and he followed me around elementary school until I grew up and went through puberty, and then we got married. We were- <laughs> hey, Dave, you're a smart man. Well done. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I, I give you guys a ton of credit, and you guys are working together. You guys travel. Obviously, you're doing the podcast together. It's not easy to do to do all this stuff with your significant other of however long you guys have been together at this point. 30, I will be married 35 years March the 25th. And you guys look young through it all. So We're black, Nate. On. What do you want from us? This is, this is what we do. This is what you've heard the story. You already know. It's that melanin, Nate. Black doesn't crack. Brown sits down. You know what it is. That's right. Now. That's right. Hey, listen, uh, you guys are doing it right. Mental Health Monday. That's the podcast. I assume it's once a week. Is that- Mondays. Mondays. It's on Mondays. Okay. We'll make sure we link that in the show notes as well. Um, this has been fascinating. I give you guys a ton of credit. Anything we didn't touch on, final thoughts, etc. Yeah, well, always. Um, final thoughts are it is life-saving and, and imperative that we erase the stigma around mental health. And it is not, I say it directly on the show every week. Mental health is not your problem. It's our problem. And I'm going to put it to your listeners like this. If you have a car with the most expensive uh, uh, interior, the best rims and tires, it's got all the bells and whistles, the most expensive on the planet, but the engine is not functioning well, you can't drive it. Mm. So you have a lot of expensive nothing that goes nowhere. So what I'm saying is we must pay attention to our engines. And, and just even like Dave said, even if it's just for a tune-up, we've got to change the conversation and change the focus from this being such a you know, such an awful thing and understand your brain is an organ and it needs to be managed. And the only thing I would add to what Marla is saying is you're not alone, whether you're someone who suffers or whether you're a caregiver to someone who suffers or a friend or you're a relative of someone who suffers, uh, you're not alone. And if all it takes is really to reach out and ask for some help. And that starts the journey back toward a successful uh, perspective. 
Beautiful stuff. Very informative. Wishing you guys continued success. Blessings. Thanks so much, Marla and Dave. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us, Nate.